stopping what can't be stopped. No killing what can't be stopped. Now to the task at hand. Hopped off the passenger side of my lap. Under my nuts was 200 racks. I know that you wish to speak about your sports games incessantly, but I am here for a different purpose. Welcome to the Sports Antidote, episode number 181, here with your boy Danny Bells, Chris Christie, and the College Playoff Football Committee. Oh, you heard me. That's right. Bro Exotic will not be on this episode. We don't have any college games to discuss. This is like the bye week. The Young Woken will not be joining us. It looks like the Green Bay Phoenix fell short last night, but that's all right. That's all right. We love that bit. We'll be having both of those guys on probably for the Sunday sickness because we can't go an entire week without hearing both of those nuts. Now, Kendall, the drunk neighbor, remains in hibernation. He will come back for LSU's bowl game before they play Wisconsin. I can guarantee you that. Don't have as much time on this episode. It will be yours truly. We do have a few NFL games we're going to touch on. I'm not going to touch on the Army-Navy game. I am telling you to find an overtime prop. However, if there was ever a game that's going to end up 10-10 to at the end of regulation or 7-7, to it would be right here. I don't think I've ever done that before. <clears throat> I've not found the correct odds to that yet, but I'll be posting that on Instagram accordingly. If you watched the debates last night, then you realize that you're now stupider for having done so, so you should not do that anymore. Before we get into that, be sure and rate, subscribe, and review. Follow us on Instagram, at the Sports Antidote. Hey, if you're not doing anything, if you're bored, why don't you reach out, touch your brother, and tell somebody about the Sports Antidote today. I'm not going to get too political here, of course, when people hear, well, he's getting political. That just means I'm talking about things you're not comfortable talking about because you equate, I don't know, mass racism and genocide to the orange man. And that's your prerogative. And I totally understand that. If you feel good being on your side of the aisle, you have a guy saying that the poor kids are just as smart and bright as the white kids and or if you don't vote for me, you ain't black, that's totally fine because that stuff's not racist at all. That's just in context. We all understand how that works. What I don't understand how it works is Chris Christie. Let's get right into it here. First off, I used to work right under his brother-in-law. That is correct. Chris Christie's younger sister used to work as a VP of sales with one of my previous companies. I really like this guy. My brother went out to dinner with us once. He's a good dude. I like him. Solid old school sales guy. Likes in you know, meetings in person, none of his team stuff. This guy's old school, hard closer, and I like him. And this is before Christie fell off, you know, the map um, with his popularity. And we were worried as Christie was like leading somehow on nearly the Republican popularity side prior, well prior to the 2016 election, who were a little confused or concerned that this guy would be like, you know, in the in the cabinet that Christie was going to make this man like the, you know, secretary of defense or the secretary of offense. I don't say defense. It would be hilarious if we did that with this guy. There's a lot of people laughing about this right now. And everything I'm telling you is a thousand percent accurate. So it's probably good that Christie kind of cucked because, you know, Bridgegate did this man in amongst other things. My favorite Christie moment has to be at the end of his tenure there where he was at the beach basically giving everyone a middle finger 
as miles and miles and miles of no one on the beach because no one's allowed to be there, but he, he was. That was incredible. Good for him. <laughs> Shutting down the big man. You got to love it. So if you didn't know before, Chris Christie was a guy named John Corzine, was the governor of New Jersey. My uncle, a blacksmith in New Jersey, doesn't really play to all this woke cuckoldry, particularly paying taxes out the ass upwards of 60%. New Jersey's taxes are worse than New York. Most people know that in that area. So Christie just kind of came in, said I'd lower taxes and won. That's all you had to do to beat John Corzine, a complete maniac. But Christie's problems would certainly come about, and last night we saw more problems. He has problems communicating and articulating thoughts. The big problem with Christie is he falls into what a lot of children do when they argue or debate. And that is, you're already thinking of what you want to say next without taking into consideration what you're being told to there go amend or strengthen your rebuttal, response, or thought process. He does not do this. That's not good. So the man has no idea how to deal with verbal controversy. He has all these ticks that he does with nonverbal communication because he can't get the correct words out. I can look at this and tell you all this is happening. This is where my intuition spikes and stuff like this. He's nervous. He doesn't articulate well, much like Rick Perry, the previous governor of Texas, but not the previous governor, but the governor years ago in Texas when he tried to be president and realized this little scene's a little too big for him. Christie has no support, as Megyn Kelly put, 80-some percent of the people, Republicans approve of Trump, 20-something percent of Republicans approve of you, and yet you're running to not get that guy in, and of course his response was utter buffoonery, because that's what he sounds like, and that's what he looks like. The question of why you're there, I can't get it out of my head. Why are you here, Chris? No one likes you amongst your own party. You may get some peanut points from the left because you attack Donald Trump like, you know, Cheney, and others that do that, and we know that'll get you a lot of points. Hell, that might land you a talk show or something on late night TV these days. All you gotta do is get on that side, you know, do uh, just say what you need to be said, and look look what it did for Kathy Griffin, a failed comedian that holds up a picture of decapitated Trump after the election, and she's back on tour selling out the garden or something. I don't think that's the case. But if you just get up there and make fun of Trump for an hour, you'll at least get a Netflix special, right? We all know that. But like most things, the why just rings. Why, why, why are you in this when no one likes you? The Republicans don't like you. You're never going to be in power. You've already had financial problems in the past we know of. Are you being paid to do this? If you are, I don't really have a problem with it. As a matter of fact, I, I'd, I'd respect the hustle more. I would. And the far left embraces Christie because he hates Donald Trump. So you have to, they're not exactly uh putting him to the ground yet. They want to keep him afloat as long as possible for those reasons, which is all very understandable. But what's not understandable to me is who's spending all this money? And uh, Chris, I got a question for you. Christy, look, I'm not going to ask it. This man is. All right, hit it, Mr. Producer. What is going on with My question's exactly. My question is exactly. I guess we'll find out. But one thing we're going to find out is what the hell's going on with this playoff committee. Because much like Chris Christie, I don't understand. I don't get it. The NCAA Basketball Selection Committee is a dumpster fire parade of woke insanity. If you go look at some of that, it's not that much different than this. A bunch of academics, accomplished academics, getting in the room and telling me why. 17 win Michigan with a coach who's been in more cage fights than most cage fighters. He's tried to fight just about every person he can, particularly the ones that are a foot shorter than him, yet they still go to the tournament. 
and Jalen Rose will cuck and defend, of course. This jury panel of 13 makes sense to an extent, but there's some things that don't, and I have to understand or ask the question, like, why? What is happening? And why, how is this happening? Chris Alt, I understand Chris Alt used to be a coach. Now the, you know, he was in, with Nevada a lot. You have a West Coast, West Coast representation without having somebody from the pack. I guess I understand that. Mitch Barnt, here's a guy that's, you know, rooting, cheering, and pulling for conference, voting for conference like most would. Alabama was his big thing here, his big case. He's the AD of Kentucky. I understand that he's done some great things with his life. <laughs> Boo Corrigan, that's right, Boo Corrigan. He is the AD of the Cuckold University of North Carolina State. Nothing good has ever come out of that university except for Philip Rivers. Everybody knows this. Chet Gladchuk, nice name. He is the AD of the United States Naval Academy. A glorious cuckold, as Tommy Bench would tell you. Tenured out of his ass, been there decades should not be there. And this is when it gets a little swampy for me. You know, a little swampy here. Not sure if I like that. You're going to have to excuse me. My nose is running again. It's getting cold in Louisiana. <clears throat> and of course, Chet <clears throat> really had an outspoken take on Alabama as well. Of course. I mean, you know, this is, this is what we deal with now. Jim Grove. Oh, this guy. Retired football coach, not an AD. Yes, he was the coach at Baylor, Woke Forest in Ohio. He's just an old white guy, so he's very trustworthy, right? I guess this is what they want me to believe when I look at his picture and all this. How about Mark Harlan? The University of the, the AD for Utah, another Alabama guy. Yeah, that's right. He was the one that, oh, you know, I just should play some of the clips. It doesn't really matter. Everyone having their sales pitch, they all kind of got together. Everybody's getting a kickback for this. Everybody's getting a kickback for this. Make no mistake. Ward Manuel, Director of Athletics for the University of Michigan. Okay, I guess we have to have that guy on here, right? David Saylor, S-A-Y-L-E-R. Here's the Mac. Miami, Ohio always has somebody on a big board. Don't know why. Don't know why, but he's on there. No big deal. And then, of course, the little... Gene Taylor, the athletic director, director for Kansas. Who sounds like he hasn't, who sounds like he's a woman. How fitting he's with Kansas. Yes. So aside from Chet with the Naval Academy, most of this makes sense to me, I guess. Then it gets a little weird. Will Shields. Under current occupation, this is what it says. And this is right off the own playoff college football committee website. This isn't QAnon.com or Wikipedia. Will Shields owns and operates a gymnasium and sports facility in Overland Park, Kansas. One more time. Owns and operates a gymnasium and sports facility in Overland Park, Kansas. He's on the board. Guy runs a 24-hour fitness in some place where a bunch of mafioso people are in the witness protection program, probably. Okay, he played football. Great. Played for the Chiefs 50 years ago. Went to the University of Nebraska. Well, he's some way trustworthy then. We know that. But he runs a gym. And he's on this board? Okay. Hmm. How about Joe Taylor? Vice President for Intercollegiate Athletics and Community Wellness at Virginia Union University. Now, this man's career, his highlights, 
are incredible. He was an HBC coach for a long-ass time, all the way back to the 80s, Virginia Union, Hampton, Florida, A&M. He's had a ton of success. Looks like he's a hell of a coach. Lifetime win-loss record of 233, 96-4. Man can coach. Hall of Famer. But the vice president for intercollegiate athletics and community wellness at Virginia Union University. Strange, but I get it. Not nearly as strange as Joe Taylor running a gym. Probably should be there more than the cuckold Gladchuck from the Naval Academy. But strange. Rod West. Group President Utility Operations for Entergy Corporation. Swamp. <laughs> Sounds a little swampy. This guy has nothing on his resume except for, oh, he was a three-year letterman for Notre Dame. That's got to count for something, right? This guy's as swampy as it gets. He's got more degrees than a thermometer. He's from New Orleans. He's got postgraduate degrees from Tulane after getting a mathematics degree from Notre Dame. High intellect. No one's going to doubt this at all. Question this, Rod West. Group president, utility operations for the Entergy Corporation. If that doesn't start making you think, I don't know what does. And then the only female, and as we go, is three African-Americans of the 13 are three men and one white woman. So once again, we're not really showing much diversity here at all. That's okay. Because I guarantee you, exterior, ex, external diversity, like everyone thinks, is just you know what we know it to be. Genitalia and skin color, when we all know, that doesn't really create diversity at all. If you have 12 white guys on a van and you look in there and go, oh, white guys, they could be 12 of the most unlike-minded people in history, all with 12 different opinions. When you put a bunch of different cultures with tattoos, different hair colors in a van, and you look at it and see all the different skin colors and go, oh, man, look at this. This is crazy. It's so diverse. But if everybody thinks the same, there's no diversity at all. And that's kind of what's happening right here. Nothing is more diverse than the mind. Skin color and genitalia, no. You're born with that. But you're not born with predetermined opinions. Your view and your walk of life is going to lead you to the person you've become to be, whether good or bad, or they're hook or crook. Doesn't matter. But this is all ersatz, fake nonsense diversity, in my opinion. Kelly Whiteside, you've seen her on television a few times. Part-time lecturer at Rutgers University teaching sports journalism. Sounds a little woke to me. Master's degree from Columbia. Sounds really woke. And a postgraduate degree in journalism from Columbia, which is almost as woke as bro exotics. Pansexual, pansexual dance theory. Major at Columbia University. Pansexual dance theory. Pansexual. Pan. How does he say? Pansexual dance theory. There it is. Imagination. Imagination. Something like that. That's the right pitch, right, Stan? Got it. What the hell is she doing on here? Am I not about having women on this thing? No, if Pat Summit was alive, I think she should be doing the whole thing. Hell, get Sage Steele out there, too. I like her opinion. on. She's usually correct. I'm not, you're saying that because she's not. Well, no, I'm saying that because I agree with her opinion on just about everything when it comes to sports. We can't have her on there. Can't have that. But we can have a guy on here from Entergy, a guy that is the over intramurals, basically, a guy from the United States Naval Academy, a guy from Miami, Ohio, that looks like he has some ties to Entergy, 
This energy has some ties to ESPN and some sort of TV contracts. I'm not really saying we should all look at this, and I am not a tinfoil hat type guy, but when you look at the room here, you look at Chris Christie over here, and then these guys over here, it just makes you ask this question right here. What is going on with Minyama? your profession? I'm a potter. And you, Arcadia, what is your profession? Sculptor, sir. Spartans, what is your profession? Kelly Whiteside right now, I believe I forgot to say this, being a professor at Montclair State University, which I'm almost positive without using context clues would be tough for even the smartest of people to locate that somewhere on a map. I'm not saying because you're a professor at a university and have all this insane woke insanity in your bio, you're not necessarily supposed to be on this board. I'm not saying because you're a man, you're supposed to be on this board. I just don't really understand where all this comes from. And when you try to put it all together, it just leads you more in a circle. Entergy? And you run a gym? Okay. Uh, Naval Academy? Uh, uh. Sounds a little weird. Sounds a little swampy. Montclair State University. Yeah, sounds like Blue Mountain State to me. May as well be. I don't understand what is happening with this committee, but boy, I hope they fix this. Adding more, not, I mean, what's done is done, but adding more seats to the table only creates a bigger problem. And when I told you, you know, when they came out with the four, what did I say years ago? We should start a website called Weird Number Four and then stamp. Because everyone can argue about who's number four when they're five and out. It's hard to argue who number two is when there's only two teams that are going. But the more you devalue the amount of people that go, the easier the argument be for we're number eight or we're number 12 or we're number 16. It's only going to get harder. You should start by having me on this committee. Because <laughs> I objectively would not have getting, not got this wrong. And even then, I don't have a... And it's not because I don't like Alabama. It's because I don't have an agenda like the drunk neighbor or anybody else that can do this truthfully, and we know that these people cannot. Arcadian, what's your profession? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you, you, shouldn't be, you shouldn't be on this board. All right, Mr. Producer, cue it up. We don't do much NFL on here, but there's a few interesting spots here. I'll put one on the record right now. Doesn't seem that's doesn't seem too swampy, but it might be. I don't know why I didn't put this on last week, but the San Francisco 49ers being a favorite in Philadelphia triggered one of the largest cons- in, like it almost like an inside job you've ever seen. DraftKings, FanDuel parading around on their apps all week with the Philadelphia underdog mask on. Like you get Philly as an underdog. You tell me Vegas doesn't set own traps to smoke the public. I've always said that's not true. That was one of them. Philadelphia loses by 100, while DraftKings, FanDuel, all the apps are begging you to bet this game because how can they be an underdog at home that lose by 1,000? Unbelievable. And sometimes you'll just see these weird lines in pro football. You just almost need to go the other way. But one that I just can't get away from regarding the Eagles as their defense seems to be more and more suspect as the weeks go on through injury as they go to Dallas next week. Dallas has been... 
Nothing short of dominant, particularly against bad teams. Philadelphia, not a bad team. But I think Dallas' offense at home just hums. I don't really care who they play. And in this case, their team total at 27.5, I feel should be around 28.5. There's a big difference between those two. But I think Dallas could get four touchdowns or more with Philadelphia, kick a bunch of field goals, we lose. I'm confident Dak Prescott, who right now is the MVP of the NFL. I don't know what everybody's talking about. Go look at his numbers. He's had one of the best years of his life. And in that building has been nothing short of ridiculous. I know people try to say he's only good versus bad teams. I'm not buying that. Maybe in the playoffs, he struggles versus really good teams. But at home versus the Eagles right now, I'm not really considering this to be a major stretch for the Cowboys to score 28. I'm not putting this on the record yet because I think we'll get a better line. But J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. It's not a year without Danny Belts getting behind the New York Jets at least once. Benny Hanna knows this. Everybody knows this. This would be the week. Zach Wilson doesn't want to play. Who's going to play quarterback? We don't have a quarterback. Can we borrow DeVito? No, you can't. What are we going to do? Stroud is rolling. The Texans are winning. Only a three-and-a-half-point favorite versus a team that's going to have half an empty stadium with me at quarterback. Only three-and-a-half? I'm not sure about that. I think that'll go up. That gets the four more. We're taking the Jets immediately. Not on the record. Dallas team total over 27-and-a-half on the record. Circle the Jets. We'll come back to that. Bills. The Bills travel to Kansas City. Kansas City struggling immensely. I know how that sounds. I know how it looks. But the offensive line now almost nearly as banged up as their terrible receiver situation. I can't stand the Buffalo Bills. We're going against the Buffalo Bills all season. But the Bills are getting one and a half at Kansas City. If that does not stop you in your tracks to tell you who the better team is at this point, the odds makers say that you almost have value, you think, in taking Kansas City. But I think Buffalo should be a four-point favorite in Kansas City. And they can still explode on teams. They probably will explode and win this football game. I think we'll get better than one and a half. I think their late money will come in. And the difference between one and a half and pro is bigger than you think. To get shaved off from one of these potential two-point losses where we could still win. We don't want to just poo-poo that. So I do absolutely want to hold on to this one. Uh, Not a high total here. So we're not going to be looking at a total. But the Bills plus the one and a half. Do not money line that. You'd be better off buying points to get at the three and a half than you would by just taking the money line on a one and a half. Don't do that. Take the one and a half is what you should do if that's what it comes down to. But we'll know more about that as we get closer uh, to that game. So Dallas over 27 and a half. Team total on the record. We're looking at the Jets. We're looking at the Bills. This has been a quick episode. I don't know what's going on with that committee. I don't know what's going on with Women Yama. I don't know what's going on with Christy, but it all smells like ass to me. And I'll never really know the why. I should have just went to Columbia University and majored in journalism and got a minor in pansexual dance theory with Bro Exotic. Could have just knocked it all out right there. Be sure and follow us on Instagram at the Sports Antidote. Rate, subscribe, and review. Reach out, touch a brother. Tell somebody about the Sports Antidote today. Thanks for joining the sports episode, episode number 181. Chris Christie and the College Football Committee. Thanks to no one for coming on the show today, and thanks to myself for coming on the show. <laughs> to. We'll have the full cast back on next week. Bro Exotic and the Young Woken will pop on for the Sunday Sickness. I do have some things I want to touch on there regarding bowl season, so we'll still have one coming up here. Hey, guys, go out there and tell somebody about the Sports Antelope. You knew they want to hear it. Reach out, touch a brother, tell somebody about the Sports Antelope today. Keep it real, Anna Doshans!
Ooh, baby, I like it, boy.